Welcome to our ECP podcast series where we talk about exciting activities within our department. I'm your host Santosh Pandey. Our guests today are Professor Meng Liu and Shirin Parveen, his PhD graduate student from Electrical and Computer Engineering at Iowa State University. Meng and Shirin, thank you so much for coming today. We want to talk about your research at Iowa State on sensors, microelectronics, optics and photonics and more importantly on how our students can get involved in your research efforts. To start with Meng, could you introduce your field of research and why is it so important and relevant in this era of COVID-19 pandemic? Thank you Santosh. Uh, it's kind of a very exciting opportunity uh, to talk about our research here. We have two part of the project. One part is the sensor we make biosensors sensing biomarkers, including proteins and DNA. We do have one work on COVID detection to detect amino acid, in particular the RNA sequence, to identify COVID virus. And, and not only COVID, uh, we also working with a uh, professor in Vitamite, uh, Professor Jianqiang Zhang. So we're looking at IV, PRSV, those uh, influenza virus for other type of uh, infections. The virus concentration could be low, uh, and there are lots of interfering molecules. So we use like centrifuge, we use on-chip technology like magnet bees to purify the virus, and then do the downstream analysis. That's part of the bio-related project we are working on. So on the other half, we're working on biomanufacture. In particular, we try to synthesize genome. Right, start from short oligo that you can order from vendors like IDT, integrated DNA technology. But that's short sequence. So if you know DNA, DNA is, uh, consists like four different type of nucleotide, right? So we can order to 100 nucleotide sequence, and then we got to connect them together. In the lab, uh, we look at different ways. So how to connect DNA molecule together to form a genome. And this type of work can also be related with COVID, right? For example, for the MR vaccine, it starts from a DNA template and amplify that template in bacterial E. coli, right? and then do a translation to go from the DNA sequence to RNA, then grab the RNA with lipid, and that became the MR vaccine. That is all fascinating research. Is that all of it done within electrical engineering department or some of it is done in the veterinary medicine school? Yeah, we do have collaboration, but most of work, we do it here. We know how to do fabrication. We make portable devices to solve those problems. Great. So Shirin, I can ask you a related question. Could you talk about your particular research project and what does it involve? Yes, surely. The project that I'm working right now is a CRISPR-based biosensor. For my project, I'm trying to detect nucleic acids for antimicrobial resistance. Dr. Liu, could you describe some of the facilities and equipment that are available in your lab and Iowa State in general for students interested in your group or in bioengineering in general? When we build a lab, we look at photonic type of sensor. We have a lot of spectroscopy instrument like for example, spectrometer that can go from UV wavelengths all the way to infrared, from 200, 300 nanometer to two micros, two micro wavelengths range. Also, we have a Fourier transform infrared spectrometer. And in addition to spectrometer, we do have different type of light source, like lasers, LEDs, and pulse laser system. And we also have a couple microscope. So in particular, we are using hyperspectral microscope 
the hyperspectral microscope allow us to look at sample response for individual wavelengths. So you pick one wavelength, and that, that wavelength is either measure transmission or measure reflection. And those systems are built for our sensors. When we have a sensor such as the microarray that Shrin is working on, so we can measure uh, hundreds of samples together. Our sensor for each spot is only around 100 micron size. So on a sensor size of like 10 by 10 millimeter, so there will be 100 by 100 spots that can run 10,000 experiments simultaneously. And uh, for biological experiment, that's pretty well established, like biosafety cabinet, uh, centrifuge, PCR, gel electrophoresis. And if we need some expensive equipment or equipment need uh, maintenance, we just go to a shared facility. For example, like flow cytometer or confocal microscope or SCM. There are shared facilities on uh, Iowa State campus that we can use. Shirin, what are some of the tools and facilities that you fancy in your research? So obviously here, I would like to thank the ISU DNA facility because over there we can do qPCR, try to manufacture oligos and such stuff. It is directly not under the domain of EE, but due to the shared facilities, that really enables us to go for our research without any hindrances. Are there resources available within Iowa State that helps you train? Or do you work with the technician that is working with the instruments and get trained? For the instruments that we have in our lab, we generally get trained by Dr. Lu or any other senior students who has already used those equipments. And for the shared facilities, mostly we work with the technicians, although we can get trained to use the SEM or the confocal microscopes by paying some kind of fees. Mostly it is like you talk with the technician, we set up a date and set up an appointment which works for both of us. And then we take the samples, both together look at it and do the data analysis of it. Yeah, it's like the product dependent. So if your product needs more fabrication, we're going to go to Microelectronic Research Center, MRC. MRC is also a shared facility. The lab hosts many different type of fabrication tools. So anything you can think of is possible to make them at MRC. They can do a fabrication, go from nanometer to micron, go from 2D to 3D. We have the capability to make it. We also have the characterization capability. In the same lab, you can characterize, you can look at structure made, and you can measure optical response and electrical properties of those devices as MRC. So for a new student, if they want access to all these fantastic equipment and all, how do they go about? Do they contact you, or is there a formal way of getting access to these facilities and equipment? Yeah, so usually I will uh, just give some instruction to tell the students who to contact. So they're all available on the web page. Iowa State has a biotechnology office. They list all the equipment, send them an email, they will reply, and then you can meet them to discuss the projects with them, schedule time, and then run the experiment. Very simple. What are some of the challenges that you face in your research projects? Is it the difficulty in acquiring these nanoscale samples Detecting very low levels of DNA or RNA, understanding the linguistics of biology or the trade-offs between the cost of consumables versus how long does it take to finish a research project? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Actually, those issues are the problems we are trying to solve. I would say that that's our goal, not really the challenge. And for the challenge, when we work on a project as an electrical engineer and try to solve biology problems, it's like how to interpret the data. 
And most of sample we handled is like just like water. You won't be able to see it. So we are trying to measure current, to measure voltage, waveforms, right? We know how to analyze the waveform, but we don't know uh, how to read the testing result. When we plan our experiment, we need to prepare sufficient reference, like negative controls, positive controls. If we missing one of those controls, the results may not be reliable. That's kind of the challenging part. So if you are missing a control sample, so we have to repeat our experiment. That's consume more time and effort. I would say when we learn more and more, or we have a medical engineering program to train students, uh, in that case, we will not have this problem. Right? So when we start to plan the experiment, you got to think carefully. Additionally, I would like to add that acquiring the samples is definitely one of the challenges because those samples need to come from reliable sources, right? So we generally get our samples from either the CBE department or the veterinary medicine department, especially for clinical samples. We are very much dependent upon the veterinary department. But even if we get those samples, then handling them, especially keeping in mind the safety procedures, that's a challenge. And also to add to it, the shelf life of most of these biological samples is very small. When you get the samples, you have to right away run the experiments and you can't wait till the next day, especially in the samples that you were talking about. Moving on, Dr. Liu, to the next question. How do you recruit new students to your group? What is the application process and are there funding that is provided to new students? Oh, yes, of course, uh... So if you are student who are interested in biomedical engineering or microfabrication, you're welcome to contact me, right? So you can just feel free, send me an email. I will reply in 24 hours, guaranteed. And for the application process, we just followed the standard process set up by the university. You can contact me first. So if I see your background fit our research needs, so I will encourage you to apply. So most of the time, new students who come, especially undergraduate students, they don't have much background in nanotechnology or any of the research that you are talking about. There is a hesitancy or reluctance to come and approach. What is your advice in such cases? I do have several of my graduate students. They got their undergrad degree from Iowa State, from our department. I taught those undergraduate courses, for example, 332 for semiconductor physics and material. And the 432, 532, those students, they took my class. So we discussed after the class. So, and then before they make their decision, they want to go to graduate school. We work on the senior design project. If they think graduate studies is what they want to do, they will stay. And also lots of those students get experience from the senior design. And then that's helpful for them when they look for industry job. Yeah, so seems like you are a wonderful instructor and you have a good record of retaining students from undergraduate to graduate curriculum. Yeah, we have very good undergrad students here. So I think we, our faculty train them pretty well. And in particular, they have very strong hands-on skill. Most of the courses, we have a lab component or we have a lot of lab course. So they not only learn the knowledge in the classroom and they can also apply that to build their own project. All right, that is great. Dr. Liu, you're leading the Biomedical Engineering Program Initiative at the college level from our department. Could you tell us more about the Biomedical Engineering Program? And is it open for students to enroll? Yeah, I'm part of that college's effort to organize a new biomedical engineering major. This got faculty input from mechanical engineering, 
chemical biomolecule engineering and electrical engineering is also a get help from outside of our engineering college. For example, biomedical science department in the VEDMAT and also kinesiology. Right now, we are still in the planning phase. There will be three different track, biomechanics, biomaterial, and bioinstrumentation. And also we have faculty within bioelectronics and biosensors. Yeah. That would, that would contribute to the courses there. Yeah. I was thinking in the future, they're also planning for a new department. So if you can get uh, enough number of enrollment, more and more students, so that will develop from one major in the chemical biomedical engineering department and then grow into a new department. So that is a great vision for the future. What are some of the courses you recommend for students to excel in this field of bioengineering and sensor technologies, both within the department and outside the department? Yeah, it depends, right? Whether it's an undergrad student or graduate student, have very different requirements on the curriculum. If you're an undergrad student, there are many courses related with bioinstrumentation, biomems, and also some fundamental biology course will be very useful. And for graduate students, we do have graduate student courses. So for bioinstrumentation and biosensors, we do have overlap of our research with uh, semiconductor and material. Usually my students will take uh, 430 to 532 for the micro nanofabrication, uh, 535, 536 for uh, semiconductor physics, and 438, 538 for optical electronics. And they build very solid background in electronics or electromagnetics, and then they can apply those knowledge to solve biological issues. Yeah, it seems like we have a wealth of courses, especially at the 500 level for graduate students. Yep. What are the specific courses you teach at Iowa State, and what is the importance of taking these courses for students? So I have been teaching 432 to 532, that's for semiconductor fabrication since I joined Iowa State in 2013. That is the course teach students uh, how to fabricate, right? How to fabricate uh, semiconductor devices like transistors, diode. And also, if you are not in the semiconductor field, so we will learn uh, how to do nano microfabrications from that course. So those are the process you will use to make something that is small. And from time to time, I also teach 332. That's fundamental about uh, semiconductor material. And also like 450, that's uh, biosensors. So biosensor course uh, just introduce different type of sensors to students. Those sensors are from very different background. For example, we have electrochemical sensor, acoustic sensor, mechanical sensors, and of course, optical sensor, that's what I'm working on. So I'm also teaching for mechanical engineering department, ME370. The course is called Engineer Measurement. That's about the principle about how to measure things. We just use off-the-shelf sensors like thermistor or accelerometer, and then we design the experiment to collect data. The course has quite heavy lab component, but students learn a lot from the lab. So Shirin, coming to you, what are your thoughts on the courses that are taught at Iowa State, the courses that you have taken, and the value of teaching labs? First of all, I would really like to add that having lab components in the classes that I'm taking obviously exponentially increases the whole experience of it. So for example, when I had taken 532, I really learned the different processes of photolithography, oxidation, and all those step-by-step process. Having the perfect combination of class and the lab makes the whole package deal, I would say. What's the career path that you're aiming for after you graduate from Iowa State? 
as everybody in our group usually takes those uh, electromagnetics based classes or semiconductor based classes i have taken all of them i've taken 532 i've taken 538 535 536 so those really is preparing me for a career in the semiconductor business uh, if i choose to do so at the same time being able to make those devices and understanding the physics behind it really is helpful because you are working on some experiments it is reinforcing your learning Dr. Lu, the students that have graduated from your group, what kind of companies have they gone after? And could you name some of the companies that have recruited your students in this field? Sure. Our students are trained as electrical engineers. So most of them went to semiconductor companies, for example, SanDisk, uh, Western Digit, Intel, or so the company they work for uh, is serve those semiconductor industry. Like, for example, we have one student graduate last year, he went to Newport. So Newport is a company make uh, optical component like lasers, uh, optical mechanical part. Actually, uh, his t- team uh, is supporting ASML. It's the only company making high-end photolithography machine. Just the last question, what advice do you have for students who are hoping to build a career in biomedical engineering? If you're a student uh, who are interested in biomedical engineering, I will say follow the new development. So if you look at technology like sequencing technology or DNA synthesis technology, which are pretty popular right now, if you look back like 20 years ago, or they didn't even exist, things change quickly. If you want to work in a field, want to have a career in this field, so you got to follow the new development. Spend some time every day, uh, look at the news. Uh, there's some new technology come out, follow the Science Magazine or uh, Science America. They already have the report, right? Uh, talk with your peers, or you can talk with a lab instructor, a course instructor, the faculty members in the department. So we're going to explain that to you. So Shirin, what is your final word of advice, especially for incoming students or potential students who want to apply to the department? The sky is the limit. And obviously, like Dr. Lu said, like keep updated on the latest happenings around and talk to your peers, talk to your mentors, talk to your professors. Talk to anybody and everybody and just uh, try to gather information as much as possible and just approach people. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's great. So thank you both of you for our discussions today. I hope our listeners and students learned a lot about bioengineering, biosensors, and particularly what our department has to offer in these topics. Thank you again. All right. Sounds great. Thank Thank you, you. Professor Pandey. Thank you. you.